Welcome to the Worship Central podcast. We are passionate to see the worship and creativity of churches throughout the world set on fire. Join us as we explore what this might look like. Well, welcome back, everyone. September 2020. What a year it's been. <laughs> and um, we realize we've had a, a month off. Always good to take a little pause and come back fresh. Uh, guys, what have you been up to? Holidays? Any amazing highlights? Give us a quick update. Drakey, <laughs> where have you been? Uh, I was, I was honoured to end up in the Isles of Scilly, which uh, are the furthest you can go without leaving the country off, off Cornwall. So I, was, I had a great time hanging out with uh, the prince and his wife, you know. Really? Happened to be there at the same time. Which prince? William. Oh. Wow. Kate. Yeah, oh. Heard, them pl- heard them playing in, their gar- in the garden. Did, Did you actually? I think so. So, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely yeah, did. You, with a massive did. lens camera, all this audio equipment, <laughs> listen in. You creepy man. Creepy. <laughs> One start to the Worship Central podcast. Moving on swiftly. Um, Herbs, what have you been up to? Where did you go? Cornwall. I mean, oh my gosh, what an amazing place. So good. I mean, it's the weather, isn't it? That it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> For for all those listening who aren't in the UK, basically, if you can try and get out of the UK in the summer months, you do. And with lockdown and quarantine and all that, it's just obviously not been possible. So, um, you know, quite a lot of people were having to uh, just deal with that whole UK weather thing uh, this time. But hey, onwards and upwards. Tim, do you have similar? Yeah, we we're in you know rainy walks in Devon. Which is lovely. Uh, no, it's good. We uh, Devon, beautiful um, wetsuits, wild swimming. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure wild swimming and wetsuits go together. <laughs> oh wow! Mod- moderately wild swimming. <laughs> Definitely the best intro to a, an episode so far. I'd say. Um, guys, we're moving on then. So, so this episode, um, we are so privileged. We, um, we've been doing these things called live sessions um, the last few months, and just ways of um, interviewing some amazing guests around the world that we know and love and respect. And they've been a real highlight. So many of you have, um, have joined them, and they've been amazing. And we wanted to, uh, on this episode to give you. Um, I guess a little bit of a look back, but um, one of the best sessions um, was with Sinach, writer of um, Waymaker, amazing worship leader from Nigeria. Um, and so we're going to listen into some of what she shared with us on that live session. But um, Tim, why don't you kick us off? There's some some thoughts we've been having uh, yes. as to um, what's going on with worship at the moment um, as we kick back into September and the term ahead. Um, why don't you share a bit with us first? Yeah, well, I think it's a, a really important moment in the life of the church, life of worship leaders, and I guess sort of reflecting back a bit on where we've been. I think if you remember back to, it was in March, and, you know, suddenly this virus, kind of the enormity of it, the pandemic, global uh, reach of it, just kind of sh- shook us, and we're finding ourselves all in lockdown, church kind of gatherings stopped, everything goes online, and in the midst, I think, of all the, the pressures and the anxieties and the kind of unknowns, 
I think there's also quite a bit of an excitement of, wow, you know, God is at work, there's a shaking. And um, I think we saw initially, particularly in the UK, I'm sure it's reflected in other countries around the world, a real increase in people kind of wanting to find out more about faith, you know, people Googling prayer. In the UK, 24% of the population engaged with church online at some point, which is massive jump up to like, I know, 8% population usually would engage with church. And so you kind of had this feeling of, gosh, there's all this unknowns and really difficult things, but <gasps> is God moving? Is something happening? Are we on the cusp of revival? I think we're now sitting here in September. And I think there's a lot of kind of just the reality of everything, the exhaustion, the unknowns, the kind of, usually in the UK, again, September is like a reset, you know, it's a new school academic year. It's like, right, all your dreams, hopes, churches planning for the future and all these great initiatives. We're gathering back and we don't even know really if we're going to be able to still meet, you know, some churches have spoken a bit over August, but now it looks like we might not be able to meet. And again, trying to lead in such unknowns is really difficult. And I think the the enormity of the financial situations we're in, the recession, you know, reading about the challenges young people are going to face in years to come, uh, you know, can the weight of the, the economic debt, uh, young people uh, not being able to meet or have been meeting and causing a, a rise in the virus. You know, there's so many things that are really deeply challenging. And mm. I saw uh, John Tyson's, brilliant past in New York he, he posted something that I thought was really encouraging in a funny perverse way and helpful he says almost every pastor I talk to is deeply discouraged overwhelmed and having serious doubts about the longevity in ministry ministry is hard at the best of times but these are excruciating days for leaders <clears throat> and I, I've been thinking a lot about that because I, I guess there's a lot that I kind of <clears throat> that that would certainly be what I feel with people I'm talking to in leadership just this kind of this is really hard. Um, you know, where, where's it all going? How do we lead in this time? You know, what, what is 2021 going to look like? And um, so I found myself thinking a lot around hope. And I think this is a really significant and important moment uh, as leaders in the church um, to, to bring in hope, not a fake kind of hope-filled kind of, come on, everyone, let's put on your best grins and let's rah, raise your hands. And, you know, we, we know that we can sort of manipulate people into moments of declaring stuff. But actually, how do we fuel hope within ourselves as leaders, but also within our churches? And worship is such a key uh, thing that we do where we encounter God. And as we allow our minds and our hearts to be shaped by him, he, he, he shifts our focus and our attention he, he fills us with a heavenly perspective he fills us with hope and um thing is it's interesting also uh, one of the songs we've we've sung so much over the last six months longer is waymaker and 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 that line that we you know you repeat it again and again even though i can't see it you're working even though we don't see it you're working you never stop working and i i think we're in a season where actually we're having to live out those words. I feel, you know, we're seeing snapshots and glimpses of what God's doing, but actually, you know, you, you, you see a little bit of a screen and a zoom call or someone behind a mask or, you know, a bit more interaction, but there's something about when you gather together in a church with hundreds or how many in your church, 
And you look around, you think, gosh, God's at work. There's all these people who share this faith, who are trying to make a difference. That fuels confidence and hope. But actually, for many of us, we're not in those settings at the moment. And so there's a bit of a sense of God, what exactly are you doing? And we have a choice to allow doubt and you know, depression to, to fill our minds and our hearts or to choose a path of hope. But that's, that's not easy. Um, again, someone once said leaders are dealers of hope. So how, I guess my question, my thought is, how can we fuel hope within us? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I think we're in a moment in a season where we cannot see really clearly Mm. what is going on no one knows you know if anyone's telling you this is what god's doing i my, my suggestion is you be very very cautious because i i think god's actually hidden certain things from us um and 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 the way we have to operate is finding our hope and our confidence in him and um final thought and then i'd love to hear how you guys are doing it. <clears throat> one thing i'm having to do for myself is i'm having to preach to myself you know, I, I think leaders, worship leaders, you spend a lot of time preaching and speaking to others to try and encourage them. I'm having to do that to myself. So I've been studying Gideon, and you see the people of Israel under oppression from the Midianites. They're basically hiding away in caves. They're kind of in this dark uh, place where the outlook looks completely hopeless. And God speaks to Gideon. He says, you know, rise up mighty warrior. And Gideon's all going on about how he's the least and the worst. And, you know, God couldn't use him. And, and God just says this one thing, and it's the only thing that matters. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. And, you know, when, when God calls Moses in a similar kind of moment of, you know, the, the, the people of Israel under oppression, he says to Moses, I will be with you. Jesus says to us, you know, go and I will be with you always. And so I, I think I found myself this morning with everything going on, just like, God, you're with me. You're with me. I can face anything that's going to come my way because you're with me. You're with me. And actually just that was really important for me to fuel my heart with hope when the surroundings could lead me to feel pretty hopeless. So mm. I'd be interested in how, how you guys feel hope within you and how can we do that as leaders of worship i just preached on uh, the necessity of intimacy with god and it's i guess what what you just said tim sparks that in me again like that because the same kind of question has been rising in me like how because a lot of people talk about we're in survival mode uh you know for that initial few months that was the mode but it as as we've been saying it feels like it's just carrying on and yet jesus comes and says i've come that you might have life to the full mm. regardless of you know, he doesn't say only if everything's going great, you know, everything feels good. And, and so I've been asking myself, you know, well, how, what, how, how do I thrive, not just survive? And as you've been saying, if the leader's not thriving, then the people aren't going to be thriving. And so that whole self-responsibility, I think this whole thing is, is thrown back on people as well. So look, we are responsible for our own discipleship, you know, with God and taking things seriously and putting things in place to help us thrive. And one of the basics is just that drive towards um, and putting work in towards sustained intimacy with God. Mm. That, that when we don't know what to do, you know, our eyes are on you, you know, that two Chronicles thing. And the only way our eyes stay on him is, is if we put some effort into that first part of the great commandment, you know, love God with everything you've got, basically, yeah. you know, and we put so much, when we, when, when we get, um, positions of authority or leadership, whether it's worship leading, church leadership, 
you put a lot of effort into the second part of the commandment, like do stuff, like love people, <laughs> do stuff. And you can neglect, I think, that first part of putting the same amount of energy into loving God, you know, investing in staying close. And, and that's and it's often the intangible hidden area. But as we all know, like that, that's so crucial um, to, to maintain a thriving inner prayer life, worship life, closeness to God. To, to survive the journey. And so, uh, so just, to, just to end, like my passage of the moment has been Hebrews 12 um, in the message where it, it talks about running the race and keeping going no matter what. And, it, you know, I love how it says in the message, you know, study how Jesus did it. You know, keep your eyes on him. Study how he did it. Uh, he never lost sight of where he was heading. Um, and, and so when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Mm. And so it's almost like if in doubt, look at Jesus. You know, again, it's, it's kind of simple. But if in doubt, let's get back to Jesus. Let's look at what he did. And what he did was totally reliant on being close to the Father mm. and, and staying close. And so for me, that that's, that's a key thing right now is like, you know, how, how am I starting the day? You know, what, what am I reading? You know, all that stuff. What, what are my eyes on? Because when we don't know what to do, we've got to make sure our eyes are on you. Um, so that, that's where I'm at with it. Just off the back of that, I think um, I've been rereading Toza's book, um, The Pursuit of God. And I, I've definitely found in this time that, that my devotional life has been... Um, uh, the thing that I've had to really fight for because I think when you start feeling um, kind of unsure or sad or um, depressed or down, um, you know, you can go, you can go a number of different routes, can't you? That's human nature. And um, we know like the, the Sunday school answer is always like, get, let's get it right. Let's look to God. But the human nature is is one that. Are you saying I just gave a Sunday school answer? <laughs> in, a, in a much more intelligent way, obviously. Um, but it was basically a Sunday school answer. Yeah, well, you know, it's all it's all good. Um, but um, like you were saying, Drakey, like it's it's Jesus's words and Jesus' instructions that we should always look to. And um, Tozer in in um, chapter two, he um, the title of it is the blessedness of possessing nothing. And how he talks about, um, you know, Jesus' um, moment with the, the Beatitudes where he's giving us all this, like, what somewhat feels like Sunday school kind of teaching, as it were. Um, but it's so, so clear and simple. But, like, we forget how simple sometimes our faith needs to be. And um, uh, I guess some of what you both of you kind of saying is, like, remembering... Um, remembering what all of this is about and um, not letting um, life get too um, complex in our hearts and our minds. And I, I love what he, um, he says here, because I guess the, the, the temptation in this season is to fill our lives with everything else but God. Like that's definitely been like a challenge for me is like to keep remembering that actually I need to keep going back to the source, the source of life. Um, the deep well, not to get confused about where life comes from, you know, and he says this thing, I just love it. Um, off, 
obviously off the back of Matthew 5, 3, blessed the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, he says this, there is within the human heart a tough, fibrous root of fallen life whose nature is to possess, always to possess. It covets things with a deep and fierce passion. The pronouns my and mine look innocent enough in print, but their constant and universal use is significant. They express the real nature of the old Adamic Adam man better than a thousand volumes of theology could do. They're verbal symptoms of our deep disease. That sounds pretty heavy, but like this hit me really hard. Um, the roots of our hearts have grown down into things and we dare not pull up one rootlet lest we die. Things have become necessary to us, a development never originally intended. God's gifts now take the place of God, and the whole course of nature is upset by the monstrous substitution. Um, our Lord referred to this tyranny of things when he said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever, whoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever's uh, shall lose his life for my sake shall find it and I suppose again it's all after this pursuit of like well where do we find faith where do we find hope where should we be looking we should be looking to to Jesus to give us life and and hope and find direction again um so that's kind of been my like oh, the re-pursuit of God himself and not things you know and and not getting confused by that and it's so easy to do um in this time where we, we want a crutch, you know, we want um, something else to fill our minds where we feel down, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know, trying to, being vulnerable here with you, but that's been kind of something that I've been um, reassessing in my own devotional life. Herbs, what about you? Oh, this is so good to hear what everyone's saying. I mean, I, I think the way I've been surviving and trying to find hope in the middle of all of this uh, it is a couple of things. I think one is to really listen out and take seriously the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When you sense God saying something, even if it's the tiniest thing, don't ignore it in this moment. And, and a couple mm. of examples, like I was in, um, I was in um, on holiday, and we were staying in this cottage, and there's some Christians who own this place, and they have all these old books and all sorts of stuff and I was just looking across them and this one jumped out at me and it's actually it was written a few years ago by Justin Welby called Dethroning Mammon and it's all about in culture and the way you know different attitudes around society and and you know what we see is what we trust and believe in it's what we go after it's about the visible stuff that matters seems to matter to our culture and and it just jumped out I've been reading it and it, it felt like a prompting of the spirit you know, it's been so nourishing for me. It, and sometimes it's as simple as that, isn't it? In the middle of all this stuff, you, you just, there's a little spark and you go, and wow, that has brought me so much light. Other things are like, you've all said, you know, having a verse that means something to you. And I think for me, it's Exodus 14. Really simply, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I think that's kind of a really beautiful thing because yeah. in the moment here, you know, when when you are forced to be still sometimes and you can't do much knowing that God's going to fight for you. But the, the flip side, the other thing I've been finding really helpful as well, where I've been able to is, is, is keep company with great people. Keep company with great people. It's like actually... Like these Zooms. 
Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Guilty as charged. And, and you know, and, and this this is one of those. I wonder why you were hanging out with me more. Um, <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> well, I've been desperate in this time, but um, but, <laughs> but I had a great catch up with. I mean, you all know this good guy, Steve Cole. He's a really um, sort of great friend of mine, known for a long time. Brilliant visionary. We were just chatting last week and I always find it so encouraging chatting to Steve. Like he knows me so well. I know him. We can laugh, but we can kind of go into the deep stuff of life. And we were just chatting about reflecting on this whole season and a lot of, we were talking about rewilding a few months ago and I know Steve was really thinking about that. And it was incredible. And we were just chatting about some of the things about this normal, you know, what does normal mean? And we were saying, about, I don't know if you've seen in Mexico, um, there's this kind of graphic on the side of a building that says this. Um, we can't go back to normal because it was the problem in the first place. Wow. And you just think, actually, what's what's happened through this? And gosh, we don't know what God's doing at all. But whatever else has happened, it seems to have been some sort of accelerator. In some way, we seem to be desperately slowing down. And in other ways, it's mm. massively accelerated everything. Mm. You know, you think about... Um, it, it, there's like a kind of a decentralization of so much stuff, even even the way people work in the office, you know, that we, we're now at home. I mean, you think about the way Jesus worked. He didn't have an office. You know, a lot of the time, uh, and, you know, Steve and I were really laughing about this when we were chatting, is this idea of, you know, people were saying, where is he? I haven't got a clue, you know, and it's a bit like that with God a lot of the time, isn't it? Like, where is it? I haven't got a clue where he is, but I know he's working, I know he's doing something. So has this accelerated us into a moment when we're starting to have to live out a bit more of the life of intimacy that you were talking about? Mm. Nick, you know, this life of actually, this is about being with the Father wherever, whenever. It's not about necessarily a structure, a building, a place, but it's about the person of God and hanging out. So I just encourage anyone listening today, because isolation is a real danger in this moment because you know, I think that's when we can get really caught up. It's beautiful in some in some ways because you can spend a bit more time, you know, um, pursuing the presence of God, which we all love. Um, but I think that to, to hang out where you can, even on Zoom or whatever, with people who matter to you, who can really input and invest you, mm. invest in you and with you, and you can laugh with about all this stuff as well. Like actually where you can just actually take it lightly, realise there's this massive global pandemic it's massively shaking everything. Goodness knows what any of our futures look like. But you can also have a laugh with someone and go, you know what, in the middle of this, that is what hope looks like. Mm. We don't have a clue, but we're, we're finding joy together. So Very good. So, hey, I was going to say, in terms of how can we lead worship in this moment, I've got four very quick thoughts. And be fascinated to know what you guys are thinking. I think number one is, Remind ourselves we don't lead from a vacuum. We we lead in the midst of a pandemic, unknowns, challenges, and and I think if we step up and we view worship as escapism mm. and ignoring the challenge, we do our people a mass disservice. So yeah. I think it's really important. We you know we 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 acknowledge and we recognise the season we're leading in. <clears throat> Secondly, I think speak life. You know. This whole thing we've talked about preaching to yourself, being around good people, disciplines. But when it comes to worship, you know, that our songs speak hope, speak life, speak, you know, speak the truth that we do know, that Jesus has 
conquered death. He's returning. You know, he will wipe every tear, all of that stuff. Third thing is, I think we've got to call people out. Um, again, I mentioned at the start, Gideon, the Israelites were all hidden caves and, you know, an angel, the Lord was said, and he, he pulls Gideon out of the cave and he begins to speak to him. And I, and I think, again, in our worship, we've got to, again, keep calling people rather than shrinking back, hiding away, calling them out to sing, to proclaim, to agree with these truths that Jesus is Lord, that he is with us, that he's in control, um, <clears throat> that he is our hope, that he is faithful, that you know, all of these things, actually there are disciplines, aren't there, where we have to, we might not feel it, we can't see it necessarily, but we choose to believe he's working, he is good. And then the final thing is, you know, you're talking about the, the um, Tozer book, you know, Jesus is the answer, I just think, Everything we do and all the songs we sing, we just got to keep coming back yeah. to, to, to Jesus. Um, and the danger, I guess, if we're, all the songs we're singing about how we feel, that's not going to help anyone really. Uh, but actually, how can we just keep singing Jesus? And even I, I think just simple things. We believe there's power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, is it that there's actually more power than we realize just singing the name of Jesus? So yeah. I just think those, those are a few things I was thinking maybe helpful as we preparing and getting ready to lead worship on Sundays or whenever that we're, we're conscious of. That's fantastic, Tim. So helpful. And, you know, we need to keep thinking about how are we preparing as we lead worship um, for our church, for our community, for our city. And actually, um, let's go now to um, hearing Sanach. She shared some um, pearls of wisdom around all of this and uh, it'd be great to, to check that out. So here we go. Sanach, just to say we are so incredibly honoured and delighted that you are here with us. Thank you, team, for having me. How do you prepare to lead worship? you know, so that you're spiritually prepared rather than just musically prepared? Yes. Um, as much as we have to be musically prepared, because I tell people that the Lord deserves nothing better. Uh, there's nothing more um, turn. You can turn anybody off when you come for a worship service and the, uh, the worship leader is singing on a different tune. And then the... Um, the uh, another person is singing on a different tune. Those are, um, you know, it's 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 a put off. But then again, um, when you have done all that, there's more to it. Um, preparing to worship, um, people prepare different ways, and uh, uh, but the but the um, the aim is the same. Spending time with the Holy Spirit doesn't just happen overnight. Um, I hear people say, oh, we're going to lead worship in the next two minutes. Oh, let's pray, let's pray. And then they just go, Father, Lord. But the preparation shouldn't just start then. It is a condition of the heart that goes along. It, it's not something like, oh, let's switch. We need to just switch and then go prepare and lead worship. Remember that worship is just, music is a part of the worship. There's more to the leading of worship than music, which is our heart that is prepared, always in tune with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? And so as worship leaders, we, we have to be in such a way in tune with the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us that God has called us in the fellowship with his son Jesus. 
you know, I, I, I just want to, uh, let me uh, read the Bible verse if I can find it quickly. Um, it said, is in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 19. It said, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God has called you into fellowship. And um, imagine a father and a son. You know, the beautiful thing about the fellowship between a father and a son is that they can talk. They can talk. They can, they have access to one another. And that's a beautiful fellowship. And that's even what makes them uh, the power of a son and a father or a daughter and a father. It's incredible. I have, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. And uh, the fellowship between her and her dad is incredible. It's incredible. Um, uh, when, when he comes in the room, she just lights up. And she just gives, you know, she, she, she lights up quickly and uh, is, is a continuous relationship. He didn't just come. He didn't just walk into her life. It's a continuous relationship. It is something that goes on and on. So it's not forced. It's not something that you manufacture. It's not something that you wipe up. And so it's a continuous relationship. And so it's not, you have to be ready at, I, I don't like that phrase. Oh, worship leaders, you have to be ready at any time you're called. No, it's not a readiness. It's a lifestyle. It's something, it's a fellowship, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And so to communicate the presence of the Holy Spirit as you begin to worship is something that is inside of you. You can't manufacture it. It's not something that is manufactured. It's something that you have with you, something that you live every day. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, the Father becomes, yes, he's my Father. I'm not afraid because I know he's always in me. When I, I got saved, I received Jesus Christ into my, in, in, into my heart. The Holy Spirit is at work in me. I carry him everywhere I go. And so the communication of his presence is with me as I go all the time. And so um, that's what it is. That's what it is. So preparation should be a part of your life, that you're always prepared to lead in worship. When you wake up in the morning, it's not only when you wake up in the morning, you can have a communication with him everywhere you are. I know some of you, sometimes you're, you maybe you're taking a train somewhere or you're driving somewhere. You are just talking to the Father sometimes. You're talking to him. You're fellowshipping with him. And that's what it should be. And that's, what, that's our readiness. That's our readiness. But of course, readiness to lead in that you have your music right. You know uh, what point and what point to do this and how to organize your team. As a team, you have to pray together. You need to be ready for it. Our fantastic time with Sanach and uh, next up we want to talk about a song that we've been loving called Kingdom Dreamers from KXC Worship that um, Herbs you're a part of uh, writing with some of the worship leaders at KXC, <clears throat> fantastic church in London, King's Cross. Tell us a bit about how the song came about and then we're going to listen to a snippet. Yeah sure, well um, KXC did a songwriting retreat and I went down to speak on it and Tom Eckershaw, amazing legend, good friend. Um, he was speaking about, um, I think this quote from Bill Johnson, uh, something around like, write 
the, the things that you want to see in five or ten years' time. And it just got me, uh, it's got so sort of sparking along with stuff because I had a few of these phrases in my mind for quite a long time, which were kingdom dreamers and um, revival days were these two phrases. And I thought, you know, I, these might find their way into a song at some point. And, and Tom was talking about this, and then suddenly I thought, wow, this is kind of what we want to see. We want to be kingdom dreamers, you know. And, and we want to also proclaim that these are revival days. So we sat down and wrote this song and it kind of just flowed out as a prayer, you know, and, and um, just lots of thoughts around just want to see the, the streets, you know, filled with songs and filled yeah. with sort of violence and just all the things that we would love to see and dream for and go after. And it was really special, actually. And, and we wrote pretty much most of it in that moment, which was really fun because I think it was all brewing in us that, in a lot of us, you know, we want to see so much change. And, yeah. Um, it was fun to do. Oh, beautiful song. <clears throat> Let's check it out. Here we go. Could it be that a move of God is coming? Can you feel all the ground beneath are shaking? Let it be this day on earth. Cause we're all kingdom dreamers Could it be We'll see miracles and healings as we pray You will shatter all addictions Let it be this day on earth Cause we're all kingdom dreamers God let your will be done Here's your little songwriting tip today. I was writing with someone recently and they said this and I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant thing and so, so simple, which is um, follow the feeling. Just follow the feeling. And I think with songs, it's so much about that. Um, it's, it's way less about trying to write the perfect song. You know, you, you can write things and everything seems to make sense, but if it doesn't have that spark, if it doesn't have that feeling, that emotion, that connection that really moves you then I would say maybe something's missing so when you're writing when you're digging after stuff just keep your eyes open your ears open just for that one little spark of, of 
what is that feeling? What is that thing that feels so, so good? And go after that at all costs. And maybe that in that moment, other things have got to die. And you've just got to go after that. So follow the feeling. Amazing. Uh, so helpful, Herbs. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the Worship Central podcast. Um, as ever, please give us a rating, uh, subscribe, and uh, check out the live labs coming up. Um, we'd love to see you um, sign up for those. And we'll see you next time on the Worship Central podcast. Mm-hmm.